0: Well, here we go, a little bit of spare time, we've tracked down Mikey, uh, breaking up our days, thought we'd uh, get in touch and, and see how each other are doing, and talk about this big elephant in the room that's popped up yesterday called Inflation, and find out what it's all about to start with. How are you, mate?
1: Good. It's exciting times, eh? Some pretty interesting information to, and data to sift through, which is like my nighttime reading.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it's exciting for those people who uh, don't have a plan to combat inflation. It's probably quite scary, but it's probably scary if you understand it, right?
1: Yeah, so, like, I mean, like, I felt like uh, when I dug into what was going on last year at the, at the back of the first lockdowns and uh, stimulus and wage subsidy and new money creation and uh, lower interest rates and more liquidity in the system and blah, 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 like that only leads to one thing, right, which is, inflation so now we're seeing the numbers that I were like why isn't this happening straight away last year and now they're yeah. finally you know it's all it's all lagging data and stuff i guess because if they're printing five percent inflation today it means you've been paying it for a, a while um yeah. i think i ordered a coffee this morning and i feel like that was a four dollar fifty thing a year ago and that's six twenty now so there it is um, you know?
0: I remember you saying to me at the start of the first lockdown, it won't be long before you can't get a coffee for a $5 note. And yeah. I, was, I kept thinking about that over the last couple of weeks because I, every time I go to buy a coffee now, I'm just doing it basically to uh, try and keep money going through the system and, and look after some of the places locally retail-wise because I've actually cracked the, how to make the nice coconut coffee here myself. But I'm like, oh, 6 dollars 6 bucks! I'm like... Yeah, but you're tapping. So you're not thinking about the five dollar note anymore, but it's probably, yeah. our, you know, when they would talk about, Oh, who uses a 10 cent coin, a 20 cent coin, a 50 cent coin. Like I haven't had change for like, I don't know how long now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The old when just tapping plastic. Eh, it doesn't really, it, when it, when it gets bigger than what it is now, people start noticing it, especially now that like the media has got hold of this one. It's a big jump. Um, yeah. 5% is no joke. Um, Uh, average across everything it means you know when some of the printed stuff you can see some areas of food are up 10 to 15 and um and this is all while we're living in an environment where technology is meant to be super deflationary you know like so it's pretty crazy
0: Mm, deflationary being technology makes things cheaper some things that we access cheaper right is that what you mean so instead of you're needing a big computer server that costs me twenty grand. I can get a uh, accounting software that only costs me hundred dollars a month.
1: Correct. Like you and me don't need to um, meet up in the studio anymore to do this. We can just stream it from each other's houses. Yeah. Um, a, a good way to describe deflation is twenty years ago, you used to go out on Friday night and buy the CD when it was released, and then after that, we got iTunes and iPods. And then iPods got made non-existent, and then we got uh, well. Basically, now you've got Spotify, which is free. So yeah. a whole a whole music industry got changed around deflation. So you can you can download or listen to any song whatsoever for free.
0: Nice. As the phone starts to ring, maybe that could have been your one query
1: uh, of the day. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, put that on silent.
0: So if I got this right, mate, with inflation? So say I had a 100 rack at the start of the year, um, 100 grand cash, and I was worried that the world was going to shit the bed, and so I decided to put my 100 grand, I've drawn it out, Westpac gave it to me, good of them, probably can't even get 100 grand cash these days. I put it under the mattress, and if I pull that 100 grand out right now, it's actually worth basically like 5% less if I went to go and buy all the same things today. Yep. that I was brought on the first of January. I've now I now can only afford basically ninety five percent of those products.
1: Hundred percent. So if you went to buy some nice fresh hundred dollar Chuck Taylors last year, um, they would have been hundred dollars, and now with the five percent inflation, they'll be hundred and five dollars. But your hundred dollars and you've still got the same hundred dollars, but you can't buy those shoes anymore.
0: Shit, man. So this is a real big problem, right? So this is this is why. I, where we are banging on about people thinking about how they can control their income or bring some more income into their household, right? Because if you can't control the costs, which most of us can't, then we've got to be able to control how we pay for those costs going up.
1: Yeah. So unfortunately part of uh, when inflation does this, and especially I think how it's been done, because this is like, this has come from adding stimulus into the system uh wages are normally a lagging thing you'll start hearing people say oh my wages didn't go up five percent and start pushing for pay rises and labor shortages and there should be pressure on wages but yeah you definitely want to be in as much control of your income as you can so you can chase it
0: otherwise you're
1: left behind yeah okay
0: so basically if our wages aren't increasing with inflation, then we're getting left behind in what's called real terms because our our wages aren't actually increasing at the rate at which the things that we want to purchase with our wages uh, are increasing for us. Yeah.
1: There's, well, we went through a time in the 70s, which obviously no one will remember because none of us were around then, but uh, that period was was later noted down as being called stagflation, where we had prices continuously rising um <laughs> but basically production and the economy didn't didn't keep up with it and gdp didn't keep up with it and, and basically you know that's the worst scenario you can have where the price of everything goes up and wages and things but well, basically that's what it is now while we're in lockdown yeah uh, you you can't go to work and and make extra money or work overtime or anything because you're locked down but you just got told that everything went up by five percent
0: yeah so as part of it as well like what's creating this inflation is that we got like supply chain issues in terms of we really simplify that it's it's getting harder for us to get goods to the end consumer because they might get stuck at the port they might get stuck on the road whatever and then people are got enough money because of stimulus and there's heaps of money in the economy and that it's all chasing the same goods.
1: Exactly. So, like, there's increased demand around because there's extra liquidity in the system. So, you know, your house might have gone up by 300K in the last sort of two years or whatever and you went to borrow some money against it and you're like, we can get some gangster Christmas presents this year and yeah. that, that extra money is cheap because it's at 2% or whatever. Um, and then there's all the COVID issues around the world and we've got these bottlenecks everywhere at ports um, and stuff can't get through fast enough while the extra liquidity in the system is basically increased demand so it's it's like a double down
0: yeah my my, my Tamaguchi's stuck at the port
1: yeah so it's pretty interesting Um, I mean I've heard stories of Containers in January twenty twenty pre COVID being three thousand dollars and now they're twenty twenty five thousand dollars.
0: Like I feel like the real, true costs of inflation stuff still aren't here yet. But we're, we're talking about it being transitory and this being like oh maybe this is a one off thing. But you know potentially it's it's here to stay.
1: <clears throat> to be honest, like the there were supply chain minor disruptions and things starting already in 2019 yeah um and but there were plenty of levers in the economic system left to pull to sort of balance it out and uh try and get around them for a while and kick the can down the road sure. um, and, and covid just was like boom handle this you so it's it's really just accelerated i feel like we've like accelerated a whole decade of economic cycle into 18 months um with with central banks and stuff like that and we're sort of like it's that one's done and we're into the next one now and we're going to see what comes then so it's pretty interesting
0: we um as an example we over these lockdowns we've gotten Big on drinking this bottled kombucha, Mm. and it's five bucks a bottle of this glass bottled kombucha, and it's tasty shit. And now we're just chewing through it. And anyway, it's now as of this week, it's actually $6.30. And it reminded (laughs) me, it reminded me of something that I learned earlier, which is when inflation sets in. You're probably best to use your money to buy the things that you're going to want in the future before they start running up in price. So we probably should have started stocking up on this blueberry kombucha before well, inflation. So in.
1: This is like one of the um, when when I play around with macroeconomics and stuff, I always gets drawn back to consumer behaviour and stuff like that, right? And inflation's a weird one because it starts becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So everyone's just been told by the front page of the herald that inflation's at five percent no one really knew everyone was just carrying on before now it's a headline and people will start talking about it everyone's going to rush out and stock up and that ex- that makes the problem bigger yeah more demand because you want to get there before it gets expensive you know so um I mean we're we're seeing it in, in new build houses and things like that people are like right we want to sign a contract make sure the price is fixed let's lock it in and, and get going
0: because mm. so. i think i read a stat uh i'd have to pull it up in terms of what percentage price building materials for new houses has gone up and that's quite high i feel like it was in the double digits
1: yeah um, yeah over 10 for sure
0: yeah so yeah. what have i got here oh 12 12 for the year so you know i got a mate for instance who purchased the property and then the developers come back and said, hey, uh, heads up, it's going to cost you another 50 grand. And, you know, it's pretty frightening for someone to almost, you know, to roll up and be like, okay, you know, this guy that I know gets paid pretty well, but, you know, that's probably half of a year's salary after tax, probably more, like a lot more. He's like, oh, now that's another, another whole year of my life to pay off that rising, you know, price. What's it going would to
1: do? Be, it'd be unacceptable if you had to pay that fifty grand, but you can just borrow it, right? So
0: mm. it's so the big sort of problem.
1: Yeah, it, it turns into five dollars a week instead, and that's more manageable, and that's, I guess, the trickle down effect of what's going on. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I um, I'm hearing lots of, well, I've been I've been seeing it because I'm interested in it, so I've been keeping an eye on everything that like. I don't I don't care. I don't worry about the cost of stuff, but I've been watching it just out of interest, you know, watching my coffee costs go up and yeah. you know, a bit of supermarket shopping and things like that. I'm like, oh, these numbers are gonna print at some point, like and it's gonna hit. Yeah. And that, normally when the numbers print, we get a another run of it. So, right.
0: like, so three dollar petrol by Christmas in Auckland, what do you reckon?
1: I called that. I mean I paid um I paid i think just under three dollars for some 98 because my car likes to drink the good shit so um yeah it's i mean i'd say 98 definitely will be there's i mean if you look at stories of over in the uk and stuff certain parts of america there's like queues at gas stations and they can't get gas and they've got like gas limits and we haven't even touched the sides of that stuff here yet um
0: It's scary, yeah. I remember watching a thing where it was um, like five of the leaders, world leaders around oil and gas and stuff. And it was probably, it was I don't know, maybe nine months ago or something. They're basically like, hey, that's all good if you guys want to go down this route of clean, green um, and energy and whatnot what you need to understand is that as less money gets spent on uh, research and development in the oil space and actually improving that space, you're going to pay more at the pump for the end product. And I was like, oh, shit, I hadn't, you know, like no one's talking about that. But now, you know, three bucks petrol is probably going to end up being a thing of the past until eventually we're all crossed to to using electric vehicles and then there'll be a shit ton of problems that come with those as well, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I mean... Fuck! If we want to go down that rabbit hole, Jesus, there's some. <laughs> Maybe be... not. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting one. There's there's some pretty cool stuff happening in that space with electric cars and with uh, biofuels and like a couple of the big manufacturers in Japan and in Germany are are pr- pretty heavily invested into biofuels and saying that we won't we probably won't lose the internal combustion engine because. There's a good chance we can sort this and what comes out, the exhaust
0: is clean. So fingers crossed, who knows? I'll get to keep my Merck. How good. Yeah. (laughs) That's life over here. Um, So what then happens with this inflation is that uh, Adrian Orr and the the boys there at the Reserve Bank, they start getting a bit of pressure to raise the official cash rate, which Keep the Change readers and listeners to the podcast will know about. And there's already whispers from economists that they're going to have to pump that up when it comes to November, which then makes uh, debt effectively dearer, right? And you've already had an email, I think, today from one of the the major banks saying, hey, just a heads up, every one of our interest rates has gone up. So are they front running the fact that the Reserve Bank are going to raise the OCR?
1: Well, we get from that bank um, that I was talking about, we get those rates on a Monday. So we got their fresh rates yesterday morning and then, you know, the CPI number came out yesterday and the next day they're like, oh, we're changing our mind rates gone up wow. no discounts no questions asked so yeah when it happens it's it's um pretty volatile and yeah. pretty quick and what happened there was that number that did get printed was above expectations so yeah. I don't know that I don't know who did the calculations on their expectations but I saw it coming so um yeah it just comes it hits pretty hard like unfortunately Today, we had a client that we were waiting on like one sort of return email, you know? Yeah. Uh, if we'd submitted it, got it done and got it submitted yesterday, he would have got one rate, but it came through today. And we no questions asked, can't change it, new rates. Shit. So It's pretty brutal. And like, that's a very micro scenario. But yeah, it yeah. just means a bit of forward thinking because there's more of this coming.
0: Yeah. And so... The idea of raising interest rates is that then we pay the banks back more money, we have less disposable income left at at the end of the week after we've paid our mortgages and our interest, and then we can spend less on probably getting a haircut or buying those coffees or paying uh, for petrol in our cars, right?
1: Yeah, well, our whole system basically runs off debt. So um, the, the more expensive it gets to service debt, then the less there is flowing around to, to jack prices. And I guess the thought process is, is that um, you don't want prices to go up across the board so only the wealthy can afford them and the poor can't. So mm-hmm. you need to take that inflation number down. Yeah, I think, I think that uh, they let that run too long anyway over the last decade, but anyway.
0: <laughs> the cat might be out of the bag. Yeah. Um, the horse is bolted, I think, is the same. Okay, so... There's a lot of people listening to Keep the Change and read it who are like, cool, man, I don't care about debt. I'm not into that shit. I've got investments. But they need to think about inflation too, right? Recently, I moved a stack of my shares where I thought they're underperforming and I need to be uh, invested in a couple of businesses that are going to pay a higher dividend that can protect me from uh, any inflation. And here it is. So I was looking for businesses that pay a dividend above 5% so that the money it's returning me is is keeping pace with inflation. So, that's for something for people that are investing to think about too, right? Is, is this investment going to protect me from the the rising costs?
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm no like investment specialist or anything, so take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, I think that's we're going to see heaps of demand or or higher demand on. Um, like dividend-yielding stocks and good dividend-yielding stocks, so that'll be quite interesting to watch. See a bit of a rotation out of like the super high PE ratio tech stocks, maybe later on or middle of next year or something like that. So, I mean, I've, yeah. I've got no crystal ball, mate, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Like the price is a bit of up so high right now. um I wouldn't. I would imagine there's some profit taking to happen in a, in a period like that while inflation runs rampant for a while and then rotates back into something else which would be something that can get you through the period and protect your purchasing power which is dividend stuff
0: yeah it's interesting i I think that a lot of the financial institutions that manage money for uh, people are starting to condition them to understand it's okay to take some of your capital to spend that because i think we've been a nation where it's like frowned upon if you invest a thousand dollars and it becomes fifteen hundred but it's like never touch that. You should never touch, you know, don't touch it. But it's okay to actually sell down some of those profits and use those in your in your everyday life. But I think that'll take a long time to to get people to think that way.
1: Oh man, I'm a shocker A. Eh? Like I have no money. I just yeah. as soon as I get it, it's out the door. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. you literally live on like the bare minimum that I need and it just gets invested, you know. So I'm I'm a terrible I'm
0: terrible at it. But that's a good thing, though, right? Because that's actually, I think, the right methodology. Like, you know, get paid and get rid of it. Like, pay off your shit. Mm. Make sure you've some. Make sure you've saved some. Like, because we know we've got a track. We've all got a track record. Most of us of doing poorly with money. So then we need to change what we do with it when we get it. So it's like right. Before I give myself the chance to go and buy some bloody Gucci loafers or some shit. I'm going to get, uh, you know, some money invested. Or I'm going to chunk down that credit card and I'm going to decrease the rate and then I'm going to get myself through to the next payday.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, you want to have a solid base and make sure that you've got rid of all the credit cards and everything before you go and do what I do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I bet you're getting a fair bit of this, mate. Uh, I don't know if it's fair to put you on the spot like this, but, Shall I lock in my fixed mortgages for longer periods at the stage before they rise? One needs refixing the end of October and that latest main mortgage in April 2022. Should we stock up food and supplies we think might become less available or begin to cost more in the near future? Yeah, it's
1: just... This is is inflation 101, right? Yeah. So everyone starts thinking like this and it starts bidding up prices more and more because there's more demand. So, Mm. um, yeah. I don't... I don't see a period of like we go through where we should stack our cupboards full of canned food or kombucha. Um, or komb- definitely not kombucha. <laughs> um, but in terms of the interest rates, I mean, it seems to be pretty commonly agreed on now that like home loan rates, I oh, mean, infl- the economists are calling for like 1.5 to 2% increases from here. Um,
0: yeah. So from- on a million bucks. A million bucks, that's 10 grand of, 10 of 10 new grand
1: interest. Grand of interest. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that sounds crazy, but it's it's possible. Like if inflation runs to 7%, and they're going to have to do something pretty quickly because everyone's price is doing that. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. that's bad. That's election losing stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I think most people I talk to, at the moment are definitely looking at the two and three year stuff to try and get through this period of volatility over the next 12 months, have some yeah. certainty and then, you know, in two or three years, reassess and have a look at what's
0: happening. Yeah. Yeah. I guess again, like going back to the start, you know, another thing to try and teach yourself is how can I bring some extra income into this household? And and that's the the ultimate thing that we never get taught is actually what else can I be doing to generate some cash, how can I not just rely on my 9 to 5 or my business or whatever, what other things can you do to see money coming through the doors, it's, it's going to teach you so much I'll tell you what if you own Bitcoin
1: <laughs> if you had bought Bitcoin this time last year you would not care about any of the prices of anything right now
0: yeah which so is that's quite funny. Yeah. I've seen I've seen some kind of a couple of charts saying this is what this is how many Bitcoin a house cost uh, a house cost is 30 Bitcoin. Yeah, 10 years ago. Well, you know, say five, one, and it's becoming less right. So what you're saying there is that if people were invested in something like Bitcoin a year ago, they've effectively protected their wealth. Uh, if, if they were getting in at a like, dollar cost averaging.
1: And actually increase their purchasing power. Like that house that I bought, um, shit, when I signed it up in like May, June last year, at the time that was like 50 Bitcoin in value or something. And now it's close to 10. So, you know, like that's an example of your purchasing power increasing over time. So I'm not saying go and buy Bitcoin or anything because it's a little bit crazy, but... Basically, if you denominated in Bitcoin, house prices are going down rapidly. There she is. Look at her yeah.
0: go. Well, so I, that's probably quite hard for people to understand, but I I, I know it what is. you're saying. You're saying that as if you if you stored your savings in Bitcoin and they've gone up over time, same as a share share price, Heartland Bank, for instance, good example. Your, your house, co- yeah, your purchasing power is almost doubled in 12 months with that same amount of money because it's it's gone up. So then you've, you've protected yourself, right? So then the other things that you want to buy, they've been inflated as well, but you have, they've become cheaper to you because you've now got more money. If you were to realise uh, your savings, sell them all out and go and buy those assets or those things that you want.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. inflation's smack you in the face at 5%. On print, maybe maybe more in certain areas, but if your savings account had a four hundred percent interest rate, you'd be okay.
0: So is is that why? Well, partly is that part of why Bitcoin is is running up, and is that why people in the states, for instance, the the big um, smart investment people that are that are interviewed, they're saying everybody should be allocating one to three percent of their net worth or their um, funds to to Bitcoin, for instance, to protect themselves in some way?
1: Yeah, so let's preface this with, like, this is definitely not financial advice, guys. <laughs> I'm not telling you to go buy it. I own it myself, but it's, yeah, it, it deserves uh, a lot more research than listening to me about it. Um, but... Yeah, pretty much. So basically, it is an internet version of money that they've created. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't have a known creator, and it has a limited supply. Whereas New Zealand dollars and US dollars and all these other currencies around the world can be created. No one can tell us what the supply is out there. There's no ledger of that, um, and basically it's a scarce asset just like housing is gets used for money yeah. um like the reason housing goes up is because subconsciously we're trying to store value for the future um and people you in new zealand use that in a big way uh, and that's all all bitcoin's doing except it's uh far more liquid than housing you know so and it's got a total addressable market of billion and in 182 currencies so it's a pretty interesting thing um doesn't seem to be going away and it seems to be getting um a lot of institutional interest in the states now so it's a i really really find it um it's crazy it's like it's gonna replace gold in a time where monetary policy has been pretty loose. So it's definitely doing that job, which is sort of, you know, an inflation hedge and gold's performing terribly when historically it should be doing really well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's a it's a very clever invention and pr- pretty interesting to watch.
0: Yeah. It's... I'd love to know, like, I, I see a lot of Kiwis allegedly have used, say, easy crypto to buy, um you know, to buy some Bitcoin or, or a different type of cryptocurrency. I'd love to know what percentage of those people have actually put in an amount of money that's actually going to make a, a difference to their life rather than just buying hundred bucks or two hundred bucks to be like, Oh yeah, I'm in I'm in crypto, like I'm in that yeah. because really, you know, a hundred bucks going to a thousand dollars probably still isn't going to be like life changing for someone. And I'm not suggesting that people should be going all in, but um yeah, I would love to know what kind of the, the percentage holding is yeah. to see who's trying to actually you know, change think, their lives.
1: I think um I think like definitely the majority is a small amount. Um, you know, maybe a thousand bucks or even even five grand or ten grand or whatever. Um but I mean I did I did, I sold a house and, and bought it and it's pretty life-changing.
0: <laughs> so so, so uh, you just said this isn't financial advice yet. You've just told us you sold a house and bought Bitcoin out. It sounds yeah, like you're yeah. convicted. not financial life. advice.
1: Do not do it. I also watched my Bitcoin go down by 50% in a week one time and it's not a nice feeling. So you have to, but yeah, you want to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. You don't really go and buy Roman Healthcare stocks before the baby boomers retire, then sell them before they retire, do you?
0: Mm, so like,
1: I'm thinking of it as a long-term thing and you wash the volatility out of your mind and just let it sit there.
0: And you're, you're prepared that if it goes to zero, if this whole thing blows up, you're like, okay, well, I took my risk. That's a risk of my life that I've got to chuck in the old chapter of the book and I've got to fight back from there, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much last year, I just decided that, right, I'll do this um, with everything I can for 12 months. Um, and if it goes to zero, I'll start from scratch again after that 12 months and see what happens. But yeah. luckily I, my uh, thought process was right and I pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, think- um, I know a few people that uh, did it a lot earlier than me, man, and holy yeah. shit. Yeah.
0: Very impressive.
1: I, you, sure. can't, you can't call it a scam or anything anymore. An economist can't call it something that drugs drug lords use and all this shit that that goes on about it when there is very, very strong evidence. Like first of all, it's a legal tender in a current in a country now. Like yeah. there's six million people that will use it for the rest of time. No questions asked. It's legal tender. And then the next thing is is that um, there's 25 year olds driving around in Lambos and living in three million dollar houses because of it. Like you can't call that a scam Mm. like factual evidence like hard evidence that it's that it's working um and yeah it looks like it's just going to suck up a shitload more money
0: Uh, what a time to be alive what a time you know if it say fast forward 20 years if it's like something that we all use day to day or if it's something that other things keep getting built on top of like It'll be pretty amazing that that's happened in our lifetime that that level of technology has been introduced and, and embraced by people across yeah. the world.
1: I think it's going to depend on uh, lots of this inflation stuff that's happening. Um, like if we if we have lots of high price rises, uh, a lot of the money in the world like doesn't it doesn't vanish. It just hunts for a better return, and you push out. You know we've got super low interest rates which encourage people to get their money out of the bank and put it into housing and shares and all this stuff and it pushes you out the risk curve um, and I think Bitcoin did its job there because it was like risky yeah.
0: through that period
1: and now it seems to be turning into like an institutional grade asset that people are going to use as an inflation hedge so it's kind of like gone from like risk on to risk off, I you know, I mean, it could crash 80% tomorrow, you know, like fuck, yeah. don't, don't go and put your life savings in it. But, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's it's developed and become very mature in the space of a year or two.
0: Yeah, and there's a ETF, exchange-traded fund type setup, looking to be launched. It sounds like even there's a New Zealand-based uh, fund that might have been launched recently. I've got a couple of messages about it where instead of you owning it yourself, and holding on to it whether that be in your phone wallet or on your computer wallet or storing it on a hard wallet on a usb stick effectively um you know you can hold like a fund that's tracking the price movement on it right
1: yeah yeah there's all sorts of um you know like a lot of institutions and stuff aren't allowed to just own bitcoin like you've got to hold a 24 word password somewhere and if anyone gets access to it you know, if I got your password, I can take your Bitcoin. So yeah. you know, if you're the CEO of a company with 10,000 employees and $500 million worth of cash on the balance sheet, and you're, you're the guy walking around with the password, like it's a little bit hard to get past the board. Um, yeah. And so there's going to be more and more of these institutional grade funds come to the market where it can just be like a cash carry futures trade or something like that. And uh, it's pretty interesting to watch. It's yeah. great. I mean, the people that actually hold Bitcoin, like people in El Salvador, are broke and they're experiencing deflation real time.
0: So the you know, Bitcoin they hold over time is becoming worth more. So things in their own country are becoming cheaper.
1: You know, like petrol petrol costs twenty dollars for a tank of gas over there last year, and now it's five.
0: Yeah. Wow. No,
1: that's that's what it's doing. So it's kind of like going back to the hundred dollars shoes that you buy, and now they're one hundred and five, but you've still got your hundred dollars switch that round and you've got $200 and you can go buy $105 shoes and you've still got 95 left over. Yeah. So that's kind of the theory behind it. Um, There's question,
0: question here. Have you created your Bitcoin mini course yet? Here we go.
1: No, you can send me an uh, email and I'll forward you the article that I
0: wrote on it. There you go. Hey, here's a question. Do you think the mortgage rate rises are going to cause some absolute chaos of people having mortgaged themselves up with significant house prices in the last 18 months? As you said, an extra 1% to 1.5% on a million could be far too much for some.
1: So one of the things that happens when we sit down and do a loan application and the banks have been really harsh on this. Oh, is that me? What is it? I don't know, it bee- sounds like a... Sounds like it's humming or something. Anyway. It's um,
0: background here. I'll mute myself while you talk.
1: Uh, you're right. When we um, do a loan application and work out what someone's borrowing capacity is, it's always, well, for the last couple of years, we've been doing them at around, you know, 6 or 7% interest rates as the mortgage repayment. So that's basically the bank saying, hey, look, if rates go back here, we've calculated that you can afford this at this rate. Um, after we add in all of your expenses and living costs and things like that, what happens though is people go and get their 2.9% mortgage and then adjust their lifestyle to um, spend then, a bit more money and enjoy the good times while while the debt's cheap. And then when it comes along, it can provide a bit of a shock. But it's, I mean, it's happened before, and people people adjust their lifestyles before they lose their homes. That's
0: yeah, yeah. People will. People will fight harder not to lose something than they'll work to get something. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you have a house, you will do whatever it takes to make sure you don't lose your house. But if you are looking at a house and you're like, one day I need that, it's it's a lot harder for someone to be like, I'll fucking work my face off every day until I can get into that house. That's just, we're wired the other way around. We're wired to fight for things so we don't lose Yeah.
1: Them. Yeah, I mean, what is interesting is like if you're a high income earner that can take on one of these you know one or two million dollar mortgages you've got inflation now in your day-to-day living and you probably spend more than most people yeah your interest rate costs might go up by 10 or twenty thousand dollars a year your tax rate has gone up significantly if you're in that top bracket um there's a lot of stuff adding up there and you know, is, I mean, that's, that's what it's designed to do. That's what the OCR is for, is to slow down the, the craziness and bring some economic stability back so, you know, we don't have um, cra- uh, crazy wealth disparity, like I said, that ships sail, but yeah, that's right.
0: the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, So surely what's going to happen is we're going to try and rein it back in. Rates will slowly go up and then we'll have a big, another world issue and we'll have to go sorry team we're going to print a whole heap of money and we're going to flood the system to keep it going again because I think the telltale sign that that's going to happen again and you can just about bet on it is that whenever you hear our politicians talk to you the general public and me about debt it is always instantly added on but compared to other countries we're in a very good position We're never like, you know what, we've gotten a bit more debt than what we wanted here. It's always, it's not actually that bad, you know. We're actually in a really good position compared to other countries. We want to be world leaders when it comes to getting people vaccinated, but when it comes to sorting out our debt, it's all, compared to other countries, we're doing pretty well. So I reckon we're really conditioning people for the next time the shit hits the fan where we can go, we've told you not to worry and you don't have to because we've just printed another $100 And we said we were going to work on climate change, inequality and obesity and all these things, but we still haven't made any progress and we're about to make them a shit ton worse. But it's all good people because compared to America, we're still in a good position.
1: <laughs> uh, I can't argue. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: well, I'm going to write an email. I'm going to write an email to Grant Jacinda, uh, the Reserve Bank. Yeah, it's and- pretty and, interesting. Uh, um
1: the the con, the consensus is is that the the money printing thing it fixed 2008 um and they think they can keep doing it but one one day they can't I'm not sure when that is um but yeah like our politicians I'm pretty sure I saw Grant Robertson stand on you know national tv and say we're in a good position we're happy to borrow more if we need to you know like yeah and and what what inflation is and uh money printing um <laughs> it's is devaluing your currency right which which means the debt that you took out yesterday is cheaper to pay back today so because yeah. the money that you're today is is worth less so you, you took it out while it was worth a bit more and now it's worth less so it's actually cheaper to to get rid of and that's the, um, that's the uh, basic yep. formula of how they do it. And they only are interested in making the interest repayments, not reducing the, the principal yep. debt of the loan.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I wonder if we'll get to – I often wonder because i got mates in Sydney and stuff and they're borrowing $2 million to buy a home. And I just think, oh, we, we're just further behind. So we're just going to turn into them and in 10 years' time. Our kids, will probably I hope my ten-year-old kid won't be buying a bloody house. But um, you know, people's kids will be saying when they go to buy a house, like, "Oh fuck, it's only two million dollars. Who cares? Interest rates are um, near on zero.
1: And then there'll be you know government grants for deposits that are a hundred grand, not ten grand, and it just keeps Ooh. going, and going, and going. This is yeah. the uh, this is like the the fiat mon- monetary system, right? This is. I mean, it's fine. It's what we've got to deal with. It's how how the world works and processes. But that's why Bitcoin is having a good run because these guys have figured that out.
0: So it's, you know, we've got to understand these things so that we can be on the right side of them, right? Not be getting beaten up and punched in the face by the other side of it, you know, like inflation and, yeah. and these types of things. We want to educate ourselves where we're like, okay, I knew this was coming. I got myself ready for it.
1: Yeah, if you don't think like the average house price in Auckland is going to be three million by the time you're sixty, then like, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's nothing more certain because the the dollar will have lost so much of its value by then, you know, if yes. it'll be twenty bucks, but it'll be normal because your income will be three hundred and it'll be average. Yeah. You know? So th- that's it's just a like yeah, the debt can't be repaid.
0: There we go. We heard it here first. All right, mate. <laughs> what, about, what about Auckland? Just shout out to those people in Auckland. Shout out to the people on the South Island too. I see a lot of people you know, saying like, you know, we don't even get spoken about in terms of um, you know in the media announcements and stuff. And yeah, it's all it's all good to feel sorry for those in Auckland and of which we're both there. Uh, but you know, it is a bit uh, a bit shit when you see that they're just they're being held at ransom a little bit when there's nothing going on down there. It must be confusing and, and messing with a lot of people mentally. So I hope that people are looking after themselves uh, and know that, you know, us Aucklanders are thinking of you at the same time, as much as the, the government don't sound like they do at 1pm.
1: I don't really think about anyone outside of Auckland. I've had enough of this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm a good law abiding citizen that just wants to hustle. And this feels like it's dragging. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm mentally over it, but it is what it is. So
0: there's a lot of people in the same boat. I think it's gonna be really sad to see the carnage that goes along with, with this. I've seen a couple of restaurants close down. I walked down to the waterfront yesterday and there was some repairs or something going on down at the viaduct in one of the pubs and I thought, you know, instantly my mind as a you know, as an accountant and as a business advisor is like, fuck, is it is it closed down? Is it collapsed? What's going on? Um because that's you know what interests me—not people fail, people's failure, but that it shows the what's going on—and yeah, I just um, you know I do worry for, for a lot of people up here, and then just the fact that things aren't going to be getting produced, and unfortunately, aren't going to...
1: the stories of collateral damage seem to be far higher than the first lockdown last time. You know, like. Um... I mean, I hope we just come out of this, man, and it's like last time and everyone gets back to it and everything's sweet. Um, yeah. But there seems to be a few more people, like, hurting financially, which isn't that nice. No. I don't like that. I don't like people, like, putting their lives into their businesses and having it taken away from them. And, you know, like, the cost is, does everyone just get COVID and a few people die or do you just keep locking it up? Or, like, I don't like, I don't envy Jacinda's job at all, man. Like, I, I don't want to be that on that pedestal. But, yeah, it's yeah. um, it's an interesting one. It's not good. <laughs>
0: so I, don't know what,
1: I don't know what the other, other side is, you know, so.
0: No, I think we're waiting for – we're buying some time at the moment to get uh, vaccine passports in place so that we can then go back to some bigger scale hospitality and event type things. And we are preparing a little bit of um, – movement in terms of how many people we can deal with in terms of hospitals and ICU and stuff because um, I think we're already at 80-85% capacity of that this is me just guessing in from things that I've read but it makes sense right, we're no longer worried about case numbers, we're worried about how many people end up in hospital and do we overrun it, that those got to be the metrics that we're looking yeah. you know,
1: I hope in like a year's time we just hit, never hear the fucking this shit again eh <laughs> I hope it's done like it just seems like oh yeah just a short, sharp lockdown, and 18 months later, now it's like vaccines. And it's like, I don't know, fuck, just
0: let people be normal. <laughs> yeah. I hate to burst your bubble, mate, but I think we'll be hearing about this for a little bit longer than a year. Yeah, I think I know. You'll, be up to, you'll be getting your booster soon, and we'll be there. To print some money to pay Pfizer for another round of uh boosters. I think they're about 18 bucks US per jab as well. So, you know, I'm I sure do. we have, I don't think we have got a bloody. Um, you know, savings account for that. I think we'll be printing some more money to put into that uh, rainy day fund. And the government
1: doesn't have a savings account.
0: <laughs> no. No. That's devaluing a- our savings—that's their savings account—is devaluing ours. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll, uh, I'll wrap us up because we've been going 45 minutes there, but um, some good insights. I think you know people really want to try and understand inflation if they can. Um, fascinating to see what's happening with Bitcoin. In fact, we're nearly at all-time highs again, and it's going to be. You know, people are going to start talking about it again. I've noticed that the haters are back out writing the articles about how it's full of shit, and it's like, where have you been for the last six months? Then where have these yeah. articles been? So it's interesting who comes out of the woodwork um, as these happen. But I hope it just keeps going, just so I can just see um, yeah. some people. In words.
1: Yeah, I hope it keeps going because I'm selfish. But yeah, yeah. Um, so but for for people on inflation, I think it's just important to remember that it's basically just a a in real simple terms, it's just price increases and you need to do stuff with your money to make sure uh-huh. that you if you put it in a savings account, it's just turning to ash. You know, yeah. so it's a good Thank idea to, to hedge it with inflation-proof assets, which housing, certain stocks, seems to be Bitcoin now, like, you know, just get in front of it and think about it. Because it's here and it's not transitory like they'll tell you. This stuff's, this stuff's here for a while.
0: Cash is ash and it's going up in smoke. Okay, there we go. Cool. Righto. Good man. Thank you for uh, making the time and thanks to everybody tuning in. There's been quite a few people the whole time and thanks to Kat uh, and Fitzy there for a couple of questions that got us going as well. Righto, mate. Cheers.